today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek and Eric here. How are you doing? Uh, not well. Uh, this is a very, very, very sad. sad story to start the morning with. Um, a Florida reporter uh, named Dylan Lyons was killed last night uh, yeah. covering a story about a murder. By the murderer of that he was there investigating. Yeah, it's just jaw-dropping. So a man named, uh, a 19-year-old named Keith Melvin Moses is, was accused of shooting a 20-year-old woman in Pine Hills, which is near Orlando, around 11 right. a.m. So, you know, early in the morning or, or in the morning. Uh, he went to cover it. Dylan Lyons then took his news van and went to cover the, the shooting, as local news reporters often do. Of course. The man allegedly returned back, Mel, uh, Keith Moses, returned to the scene and killed him in cl- cold blood. It was, he was in the in an unmarked news vehicle with uh, the photographer, and this guy shot both of them, uh, killed Dylan, and the reporter or the photographer is still in critical condition, and then walked into a random house and shot a woman and her nine-year-old daughter, killed the daughter. The woman didn't die, as far as we know, as of now. The it, police have it, caught him. He, yeah, he's under arrest. There's a mugshot and everything. He looks a bit crazed. I mean, it's um, it's a horrific sequence of events. I don't right. know really what to say about it other than you know it's rocked the 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 news community. I mean, we're in news. This right. is so. This is when it hits our industry, and you feel like a reporter doing their job uh, is killed in the line of duty. Often that is in you know wartime reporting. This will right. sometimes happen if someone goes to Fallujah and they're a trying to cover zone. the war, a combat but zone. It's it's more expected there. It's very tragic in those circumstances we're, as well. We're hitting a point, though, where every place in America is a combat zone. Yeah. And, and yeah, so it's sad for me. I lived in Orlando, um, actually worked with someone who worked with Dylan. And I, that's how I first saw this this morning. He was posting, like, I talked to him this morning, and now he's gone. It, and... Uh, obviously, it's devastating. This is Spectrum News in Orlando. Uh, one of the other reporters was trying to cover the shooting, and while she was live on air, finds out that he's died. And uh, this is what she had to say. I apologize. This is really difficult uh, to cover. Um, it is very emotional here uh, at ORMC. This is every reporter's absolutely worst nightmare. We. We go home at night afraid that something like this will occur. And that, that is what happened here. Um, so again, we are at Orlando Regional Medical Center where we have learned that one of our own, a fellow reporter, uh, has died while, while out covering a shooting. It's it's very very emotional. She's outside the hospital, and if you watch this, she's just trying to compose herself. Right. She's doing a live shot, which is something that is commonly done when you're when you're covering a story. And she says that the fiance of Dylan Lyons, the reporter who was killed, she had just uh, embraced her. So right. she's around the family. She said what was, you know, heartlifting. You know you know, emotional for her was that all the reporters, you know, there's a lot of turf battles when you're reporting. You want to cover it. You want to be first. And she says this is a moment of solidarity uh, where they all sort of got together because one of their own had fallen. Even if they don't work for the same news station, she's carrying a, a, a microphone that says two on it. He worked for News 13. So those are probably yeah. rivals in local news. But they all but, know each other. But you know, they you, know you each other. The same it's stories. Collegial. You report, you, you meet each other. And they probably, you know, depending on age, maybe 
grew up together. Yeah, it's it's horrific. Gun violence, I mean, we talk about it on the show sometimes. It, it, it hits you most when it takes place uh, when people who have no sort of reason to be killed, you know, at schools. Well, this is a increasingly what it is. And, and, you know, this yeah. reporter, this is devastating for him and his fiance. And then also this, this woman lost her nine-year-old daughter. And literally, like, weren't even at the scene. They were just in their home. It's not even clear there's just, a connection between no, there the was shooter no, He just and... randomly walked in and just felt like shooting somebody else. Yeah. And that's, um, that's sort of, I think, and maybe that's why we're all kind of going crazy in this country is you, you can't even sit in your house without the fear of somebody just walking in and shooting you just because. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's easy to be numbed by the volume of of these incidents, but this one sort of st- struck me a little bit differently. We hear a lot. There's a lot of school shootings, and I know they can be hard to keep track of and to to you know keep the energy up about these different incidents. Um, this is this is pretty tough. This is pretty tough. Right. And I know I know Harvey was very upset about it this morning because you really do feel it. You look, I'm a I'm a lawyer at at a at a at an organization, but sort of a you know, we're all reporters here. You know, right. everyone in the organization will share stories, get stories up on the website. We send our field reporters who we know very intimately out into the field all the time. And right. a lot of times TMZ will cover things that are, I don't want to say frivolous, but are lighthearted. So I don't sure. I don't worry when we send Charlie Cotton to LAX that he's going to be shot. But this sort of makes you think they're they're out there. They're very exposed. Oh, they and uh, sometimes the interactions can be unpleasant. Sometimes there can be random things that happen. I mean, he wasn't covering... Uh, he, he didn't want to interview this guy. He wasn't aggressively sort of talking about him. He was just live on the scene where a murder had taken place. Right. And then he was killed by the same alleged murderer. So, well, yeah, like I, said, I, it, I lived in Orlando. Horrific. Yeah. The, the show I worked for was like a morning show. It wasn't like a news show exactly. It was a syndicated show. But like I went out and shot pieces for that show. I was an yeah. editor and videographer for that show. We wouldn't have covered, you know, a murder like this. That wasn't the kind of show we were. But still, it just makes you think like. You're just going out and doing your job. Yeah. I want to ask you, do you think this will result in any changes in the way that we cover news? You know, the thing that seems senseless is you can cover an alleged murder without sort of being on scene uh, right next to the house where it happened. But you don't want it to change things. You don't want these sort of anomalous incidents to change the way we cover stories and the free press operates. Yet. You also don't want people killed, uh, so I, I don't know. How I don't this know that it. No, but do you remember effects. a few years ago? And this actually also was oddly close to home for me. Uh, uh, I worked in local news in West Virginia, and there was a, a rival station, you know, another station in, in Virginia because I lived on the border. Do you remember this? Like five, six years ago, the reporter and the cameraman on the morning show were doing like just like a, a fluff piece for the morning show, interviewing a woman. I forget where it was, and a guy walked up and just shot and killed both of them. Yes, on, live on air. Like you I saw do it, remember. Video. It was uh, he, horrific. He, yes, he live streamed it on Facebook. Yeah, yes. but they were also broadcasting live. And and nothing changed because what can change? Yeah, these are horrific anomalies, and they are anomalies. I mean, to to kill someone in cold blood for no reason—that's that's, that's right. out of the ordinary. This 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 kid, you know, he's a kid. He's twenty four years old. Dylan Lyons didn't have any connection to no. this story other than that he was a reporter covering it. So, and, and the sad thing is, too, the person who did the shooting is nineteen. Yeah, is also a kid in that sense. His and life like, is over as well. Just what? How do you get to that point? Yeah, at nineteen, and and. Not even, you know, the, the woman he killed was, you know, allegedly an argument or something. Clearly he knew that woman. Yeah. Then to just come back and randomly just start killing people. I don't want to get too why? deep into these things, but the 19-year-old brain is not a very mature brain. No, Let's I put know. it that and, way. And, 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 and to not... have deadly weapons combined with impulses of, of 19-year-olds, it's horrific sometimes. That's, that's all yeah, there is Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying that is any defense of him, but just you just wonder how, yeah. why? What got into and, this And I guess place. that's the thing for, for most of us, we'll never understand that. Yeah.
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Um, all right, let's move on to a, a different a different lawsuit that is a little lighter, at least. Although not that light. Well, this also no, there's a death involved death. in this that's very sad. But the, the headline is Dave Matthews is suing Kiss. That's right. Uh, not that Dave Matthews. No, hairstylist Dave Matthews. <laughs> Tell David us about Matthews, it. David Matthews, the longtime 30-year hairstylist for Kiss. Uh, now, is, we talked about this this morning. Before we get into this, the hairstylist for Kiss is not teasing the actual locks of Gene no, Simmons probably and Paul the Stanley. He says in the lawsuit, I, I, I manage the wigs, which is interesting because— Well, we know Kiss is full, full costumes, costume. and, yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, so, so he teases out the wigs and makes sure they're ready so they have the big, voluminous right. hair that's in their right. 60s. What are they, in their 60s, maybe? Uh, 70s? Maybe 70 at this yeah. point. Um, so he's suing Kiss for a wrongful termination, and this is a very odd, kind of complicated story— so uh, there was a guitar tech that had worked with Kiss for decades also, a guy named Fran Stuber. Uh, while they were on tour in 2021, he contracted a very serious case of COVID and uh, died from it. Yeah. And so that's so uh, Dave Matthews is alleging they had very lax COVID protocols in the band. He's suing Doc McGee, their manager, and Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons of the band, who also run kind of the Kiss organization yes. at this point. Uh, what he's technically suing over is wrongful termination because... There's a story that appeared in Rolling Stone magazine after this guitar tech died saying that they had, you know, just like lax COVID protocols. They weren't taking it seriously enough. It was an anonymous source to Rolling Stone. Gene, Doc, and Paul thought David Matthews was the source and fired him over it. Yes. He says he was not. Uh, I'm a little... So his his account of this story is that he knew this guy, Fran Stuber, was very sick. This sounds plausible to me. I think you're on the road and the staff. He got it in a close. hotel room. Yeah, they're they're all staying at the same hotel room, and and he says Fran and I. Uh, he says he learned that Fran had contracted COVID and was worried about it, and right. he had a conversation with Fran where he convinced him or told him you how serious to to it hospital. was. You got to get to the hospital. You're having a bad bout right. of this, and you might need a ventilator or whatever. So this he, well, this then he says he went to Paul Stanley. Yes, and told him about it, and you'd think like Paul Stanley, like oh he's fine, let him work. By his by, by, by David his own Matthews' account. own story, Paul Stanley was very concerned about it. Called Fran, told him he in needed to go to the front hospital. Of David Matthews yes. called Fran and said, "Hey, take." This and then seriously. Fran did not. So then he urged him again to go seek treatment. And and uh, the wig stylist uh, says he goes to Doc McGee and is like, "We got to send this guy to the hospital." Right. He says Doc McGee said, "I will call him," and that, that Fran kind of denied going to the hospital. Like, I don't need to. They got an oxygen machine to test him. They brought a Live Nation representative in to see if it was that serious. The stories when they went to check on him, he had died. Yeah. Throughout this, Fran is saying he keeps asking about him. He 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 says he learned about uh, Fran having this tough bout 
and you know went to Paul, kept asking, hey, what's going on with him? Is he in the hospital? Right. Sort of checking in on him, and he kept learning that, oh, he didn't want to go to the hospital. Oh, we're getting an oxygen meter to, you know, one of those things you put on his finger, I suppose, to see if he needs to, because if your saturation level is high enough, you don't need to go to the right. hospital and so forth. This is October 2021, so it's not it's not the beginning of COVID. No, it's, it's when we understood COVID a little deep bit into it. deeper. And they're, they're out on tour, I mean, so, so it was a different world. And it sounds like they didn't want to sort of rush a guy who was reluctant to go to the hospital. But he says, you know, a couple hours later, they check on him in his hotel room and he's dead. So he puts that blame on Doc McGee, which is a tough thing to do, because I don't know whether Doc McGee was actually callous or whether Doc McGee was sort of going through the ordinary protocols of checking whether someone needs to be in a hospital because you don't want to put too many strain, too much strain on the hospital. You don't want to have someone exposed to more COVID in the hospital, so forth. There are reasons not to bring people to the hospital. And to be fair to, you know, Doc McGee, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, you have to understand that this is this one man's account, and we don't know right. exactly but, what happened except what guess, that his impression of I'm it. I'm saying even by his account, it doesn't look like they did anything that wrong. And to say that the, the band had lax COVID protocols, by the account, the, this guitar tech caught COVID in a hotel they were staying in. Right. That would be the hotel's problem. Or, you know, like, it, it's not like they had him working on stage with people without a mask or anything like that. He, he says got it he in would hotel, also style. On the road. Other parts of the lawsuit said he would style Gene Simmons and would be exposed while Gene was had a runny nose and so forth. So he's trying to paint a picture of Kiss not caring about COVID enough and it exposing people. Now, I, guess I would also assume, because Gene Simmons is very much about self preservation. Yeah, I would imagine Gene and Paul were tested every single day. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I'm just speculating on that point, but I, Gene Simmons is not even if you think he didn't care about the guitar tech or the stylist. He's, he cares about himself. Yes. He's, he's not going to want to be around somebody unless he knows they're all negative. But to be fair to Dave Matthews, because I don't know the, the, the truth here, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are also ardent capitalists. And if they're on they tour, are. they want to perform and make money. That's the way right. they sort of line their pockets. So I don't know. You're right. And that, that, that could it doesn't be, seem horrendous, but yeah. there could be a, a sort of a, a, a willingness to look past certain things so that you can actually but, but even but, but by this guy's account paul stanley immediately said when i right. had COVID, i was very afraid this is nothing to mess around with and called the guy and told him to go to the hospital yes that doesn't sound somebody who's like you better keep working until you die it doesn't it's a strange strange lawsuit now it seems like and he's, he's not even suing over the COVID thing right what he's really upset about is this rolling stone article came out and then he's confronted and, and they said we think you're the leaker because yeah. you you were the one who, probably because he was the one who came and said hey fran's sick let's get him to the hospital and there are probably certain details in the article that maybe only this guy would have known right now he he vehemently denies it, and he's like, but it obviously sunk in their head. They thought it was disloyal, and they right. terminate him after 30 years of styling the wigs. So he's very upset. Wrongful termination suits are one-sided. We will hear from Paul and Gene unless they settle it before they file an answer, which is possible to just make it go away. But there's a lot of hot, heightened emotions, I'll put it that way, right. when when you're let go after a long tenure 30 years job. he'd been with them. That's right. And so uh, it's not clear these allegations are going to end up being true. So the, the only way to kind of really settle this case— I know you can protect your sources. Ken Rolling Stone, they know who the source was. So that'll be interesting. It'll to to prove that they uh, sort of were right in their hunches. You're right. Kiss might try to subpoena Rolling the Rolling Stone magazine who told and say, you this? "Who is your source? Were we right to fire him because he was disloyal?" I doubt it will get to that because Rolling Stone is fully protected in their ability of to course. not disclose their sources. That's the way journalism works. It's very, very difficult to get a, an organization, a news organization, to reveal their sources for this type of dispute. But they might try. And they, they might they try. Might and the judge because... might say, "We need to know whether they were unfairly terminating him, or if he's under a, a, an NDA." With 
with them and talk to the Ro- Rolling Stone, right. it's a legitimate termination. So and, and they there they are reasons to ask. Might in this case because Rolling Stone isn't a, a traditional news organization. Usually, you know, right. they go on the road and do pieces with these artists, or like it's not like sure. sources say that's it's like, not the, it's that's, like the movie Almost Famous. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, it, that's road, not exactly what Rolling band. Stone is. So it's not like they have all these anonymous sources giving them stories they need to protect. Usually, they're dealing with the artists and their management directly. Sure. And and also they might want to protect that source, but and you know not that Kiss is on the cover of Rolling Stone or anything. I don't think Rolling Stone and Kiss are pals at all. Yeah. But do they want to you know alienate Paul and Gene, knowing that the thing that they're being sued over, yeah, the guy did it, if, it saying he did it, assu- it, assuming he did it. Here's another way this could play out. Dave Matthews might really not be the source of the article. Might not be. They, which they also... talk with a bunch of people, and he might say. Go ahead and ask Rolling right. Stone. Like he 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 might say, I'd love them to give it up. He might subpoena Rolling Stone and yeah. say, give up your source to prove it's not me. So this could play out in a in a number they of could, ways. If if it's not him, they don't even have to give up the source. They could just confirm or deny. Was it this guy? That's right. No, there's it was a not. more narrow way right. of doing it. We won't give up our source, but we will say it was not David Matthews. So there's a lot of ways <laughs> this could play out. Uh, I don't see this lawsuit sort of going the distance. It's very very convoluted. He seems very upset. Uh, that he lost the job. I, I could see a sort of monetary settlement making this go away before you get all those answers. But it is interesting. It, it, it right. is interesting because, you know, COVID protocols really mattered. It's sort of a window back in time. We're now sort of out of COVID. Those protocols seem yeah. sort of quaint to read about. But I think you're going to see a lot of these lawsuits where there were were deaths and people said, you weren't taking COVID serious enough. You brought us back to the office too quickly. You exposed yeah. us and things like that. So this could be the tip of the iceberg. But it's we'll interesting see. to see it with KISS. Uh, that'll do it for us today. We'll see you guys tomorrow.